Farmers today are facing rising costs, volatile markets, and extreme weather. The Better Way to Farm podcast digs into strategies to help you take control of farm inputs and maximize profit so your farm can thrive for generations. Remember to take advantage of our free resources at abetterwaytofarm.com. Now, from America's Heartland, here's your host. Welcome to day seven. Today we're going to talk about boron. Hope you're having a good holiday. Hope you found some Christmas sweaters or shirts to wear to make the season. Karen says you're 10% happier if you wear a Christmas shirt or Christmas sweater. I want to talk about boron today, but first I'm going to give you a bonus about sulfur. We're going to throw her back a day. I was just reading today. I had, you ever go to a place and have an appointment? I had an appointment that was going to take 30 minutes. Three hours and 12 minutes later, I walked out the door. So I had some time and I was reading some abstracts that were studying cadmium in corn. And one of the things that I read was sulfur, according to this researcher, this PhD, that sulfur is a defense line. Having adequate sulfur is a detoxifier. I didn't get a chance to read it all because they came back in. I'm going to read it, but just know that I thought that really caught my eye. Having not adequate sulfur would mean we're not able to detox things that we need to get out of that corn or that bean plant. And if we do have adequate sulfur, it's a natural detoxer. And I found that to be very fascinating and one more reason to use sulfur. So no charge for that tip. Let's dive in and do boron. First of all, let's talk about what it does. That's always the biggie. We've got to figure out what does it do? Well, it's essential in germination of pollen grains and the growth of pollen tubes. It is essential for seed and cell wall formation. It promotes maturity. It's necessary for sugar translocation, and it affects nitrogen and carbohydrates. Guys, here's what we know. In the presence of adequate boron, we get a better utilization of our nitrogen. If we want to not overuse nitrogen, maybe we should take a look at making sure we have enough boron out there. There are a lot of things that boron does. Guys, here's what I tell people. In a corn plant, it's responsible for bloom, which is the pollen or the tassel. It's also responsible for silk. It has everything to do with reproduction. Inadequate boron means not enough pollen, not enough silk. So if those aren't important to you, no problem. Boron wouldn't be anything you'd want to take a look at. In soybeans, it's blooms. It's more blooms to hang on to more blooms, to make more blooms. Therefore, we need to be looking at boron to take care of that. Guys, this is a really important nutrient and no different than I think you could move sulfur from secondary to primary. And a lot of these books were saying that 30, 40 years ago. Okay. They were saying that maybe sulfur is actually the fourth big macro. And then in regards to secondaries, I have to wonder if we shouldn't move boron into that category and out of micronutrients. You know, we put on three nutrients that are negatively charged. That would be your nitrate, your sulfate, and your boron. Those all three run away. Therefore, they leach out and we have to replenish them every year. We're never going to build those to adequate levels in our soil. And so we got to be looking at that. We used to get boron as a part of acid rain. We didn't see a lot of boron deficiencies 30 years ago when we started doing this. But man, do we see them now. We know critical levels and we're going to talk about those here from some of the books. I don't want to take away the thunder of that. But I just want to talk about some things that we know about boron, starting in the Midwest Handbook. And someone asked me, can you still buy this? Absolutely. You can call Midwest Labs at 402-331-7770. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the number, but you can Google it and find it. and It won't be a problem at all. But looking in here, they talk about, again, the functions of the micronutrients. And it says that boron is needed in protein synthesis, and it is associated with increased cellular activity that promotes 
maturity. With increased set of flowers, fruit, yield, and quality. It also affects the nitrogen and carbohydrate metabolism and water relations in the plant. Guys, it's a biggie. You know, the bottom line is, whatever you're the most efficient in, that is your limiting factor, and that is your biggie. And so the fact of the matter is, if it's boron, that's one of the things you want to look at. I'm going to jump out of order because there's something that I want to share with you. This is our first micronutrient. It's day seven, but it's the first day we've got into micronutrients. And I want to just share one thing with you here about micronutrients at all. And I really want you to embrace this. And I may read it again somewhere going through all of those. But guys, this is critical for us to wrap our brains around. It's really, really important. And it's going to address the idea of why it is that we see people who say, we studied micronutrients and they didn't work. We're going to talk about why is that, okay? When you start considering trace elements, keep this in mind. If you put on too little, you won't get up to what is considered to be the first plateau. In other words, if you are deficient of a certain micronutrient and you make an application, but you fail to get above the minimum requirement in terms of payback for that crop for the current yield purposes, you might as well have done nothing. Grain yield will not adequately improve until you get above the minimum deficiency level. Pause, interject by rod. What they're saying is, I use this example. If you are rubbing two sticks together, okay, and you just keep rubbing them together and they get hot and you get smoke and then you quit, you don't get a fire. You don't get a fire. You have to get enough heat in there that you actually get the fire to burn. If you don't put on enough of the micronutrients that you need, you don't get the fire. You don't get it to burn. And therefore, you put some on and you say, well, that didn't work. Well, you're correct. It didn't work. But not because micronutrients don't work. It's because we didn't do it correctly. And I see a lot of tests even done at universities where they really did some things there to get a false reading. In other words, if you need two pounds of boron and you put on one pound, you might think that it will make up half the difference in yield. But it won't do that. Even if all your majors and secondaries are adequate and two pounds of boron are required and you only put on one, it is better to put the two pounds on half the field and none on the other. Why? Because you have to get to the critical mass. And you're better off to get half the acres to catch fire and go than have all the acres just have a little bit but not do any good. How many field experiments have been used to say micronutrients are not needed simply because the research involved did not properly consider that the soil might have had no limiting major or secondary nutrients? And even then, potential results will not be achieved if the amounts applied fail to build levels sufficiently enough to reach the first plateau. Also, micronutrients respond best when calcium is within a 60 to 70% base saturation and magnesium is within the 10 to 20% window. Guys, we can't just go out here and say that boron's the answer. You know one nutrient doesn't do it. It isn't going to fix everything. We got to do it all. We got to run the soil test. We need that DTPA extraction for our micros with the exception of boron. Then we're going to look at sorbitol as an extractant there to pull that out and get the most adequate reading. But the fact of the matter is, guys, that's why we have seen so many tests that said zinc don't work. They've just went out on some soil in central Iowa and they put on four pounds of zinc sulfate. They didn't know if they were zinc deficient. They didn't know about row placement. They just didn't get a yield response. That zinc didn't work. That doesn't mean that zinc don't work. We know for a fact that zinc works if you need it. We also know that you need it even if your soil test doesn't show for it, but you have a P1 over 25 or P2 over 50. Boron, we know that you need it. When you hit 0.8 or less on that soil test, it's time to apply boron. How much? Well, 
I talked to a guy today, he's at 0 0.3, and his need's going to come in about five pints to the acre. Guys, this is a really big deal, and it's one of the things that can make you a lot of money if we go after it and we do it the correct way, but it's all in moderation with everything else. We want to make sure that we're not trying to do a one-nutrient fix. We're doing whatever our limiting factor is. Out of the fertilizer handbook, available boron occurs as the anion in the soils may be leached from the root zone. Therefore, boron deficiencies are mainly found on coarse textured soils in human regions. Now, this is an older book. Now they're basically found almost everywhere. We look at several soil tests a year that don't have adequate boron, actually well over 90%. The availability of boron decreases as the soil moisture decreases. So being drier makes it more difficult and row placement becomes more important. Now boron cannot be a put in the seed trench. It can go two by two, but we don't put it in the seed trench. We're uncomfortable to put it through the wings of a furrow jet. We are not comfortable with that at all. You can broadcast it with your pre-emerge chemicals. Row place it is fine. Side dress it with nitrogen. Those are all great ways to put it on. Boron deficiency, especially in alfalfa, cotton, and peanuts, is very frequent under the drought conditions. It's involved, again, in cell formation and water metabolism. Guys, if we don't have adequate boron... We're using water we don't need. We're not using it efficiently, and that costs us money. Boron does not translocate within the plant as readily as a lot of other nutrients. Therefore, a constant supply must be available throughout the growing season. Guys, putting boron on is just like voting in Chicago. Apply early and apply often. There may be sufficient boron early in the season for normal growth, and yet an insufficient supply during seed development resulting in poor grain or seed yields. I had a client today, sent me a text. He's super excited. It was a picture of his very last yield check that he had done with a way wagon, and his corn made 319 bushels to the acre. And, and the kicker on it was, what he was really stoked about was, it weighed 61 pounds to the bushel. He said they loaded the first truck and sent it to town, and the trucker come home and said, we're not doing that anymore because I had 98,000 pounds on. And the farmer said, hey, man, we could have put another 300 bushel in that truck. We were holding back. Well, there you have it. Test weight makes a difference. We sell it by the pound, and adequate boron is going to help with that along with some other things. But I just wanted to share with you guys that it, it does make a difference. And we get stories every day from people who are telling us what it's doing for them when they make that difference and do everything correctly. We do want to talk about what does it look like if we don't have enough. One of the things we have to pay attention is, is the proportion of calcium to boron as it becomes unbalanced because of a deficiency in boron. The terminal part of your plant fails to develop properly. Why? Because it's that cell wall construction. We want to make sure we're getting it right. Acute boron shortage first produces marked changes in the tip of the growing point. Cauliflower deficient in boron is small, deformed, and tinged with reddish-brown areas. Terminal buds become light green in color, paler at the base than they are at the tip. Paler at the base than they are at the tip. In root crops, boron deficiency results in brown heart, which is often dark spots in the thickest part of the root or splitting at the center. Guys, this thing in alfalfa, it, it just looks pale and unhealthy in the leaves. And we want to make sure that the problem with boron is by the time you see a visual deficiency, I have no idea how much you've lost in yield. It's a lot. And so the best thing, number one, and we're going to talk about it here, but a soil test is your friend, guys. A good soil test that does the right kind of extraction is going to take care of you and make a big difference in regards to getting the right amount of boron on, and you don't want to be deficient. 
And let me say this, we did a lot of studies, we ran tests, we ran a lot of plots, and one of the things that we figured out was that if we needed six pints and we put them all up front, that really didn't yield any better than three pints up front. I don't know why, but what I do, well, I do. I have some theories on that. However, I know that three pints up front and three pints side dress gets a big yield kick, but the six pints up front didn't out yield the three pints. Guys, multiple applications. I want to drive it home. Multiple applications, multiple applications. Pre-emerge, two by two, post-emerge chemicals, foliar feed, wide drop, side dress. All of those are good times to apply that boron. Coming out of life and energy, boron is the key element for filling the center of the stems and fruits. Hollow stemmed grains and alfalfa and hollow heart or black heart of potatoes is an indication of a boron deficiency. It's going to improve the density of whatever it is that you're getting on there. And we have to pay attention to that because we don't want to be deficient and we don't want that light test weight. That is not going to be our friend and it is not going to make us any money. As we go to page 200 here in From the Soil Up, coming back through what it does because all these authors have studied it and come to the same conclusion, boron plays several key roles within the plant, including pollen and good seed set. Normal terminal length, photosynthesis, and the, the movement of sugars, it is one of the most neglected of the trace elements because too often its importance is related only to tuber crops or alfalfa. We forget that we need it other places. It is a serious mistake to believe that boron is not needed in common farm crops as such as corn or soybeans. Boron can be toxic, and that is true, and that's one of the reasons that we get people railing on it, saying, oh, don't do that. It can't. Guys, water is toxic. If you don't believe me, get too much water on your cornfield and watch what happens. But the fact of the matter is, if we have super low calcium and we have crops that are really sensitive and we have high boron levels, and a few people do, then we don't want to apply it. Guys, it's why we want the soil test. I don't want you making blanket recommendations. I don't want you to go say, oh man, just put on 25 pounds of sulfur. That's the key to life. Oh man, just put on six pints of boron. That's the secret. Maybe you've got high boron levels. Maybe you're part of that 5% that's already got enough. Guys, do the soil test. And the fact of the matter is it is more effective when it's banded. They come across that and talk about it. Alfalfa and root crops do require higher boron and are less sensitive in regards to being toxic on those. But I'm not worried about toxicity as long as we have the test. If we run the soil test, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have the results that we deserve, and that's how it's going to work. As I get into Neil's book, someone said, you talk a lot about Kinsey. Yes, I do, because I think that he studied under Dr. Albrecht or with Dr. Albrecht, and I think that he has a lot of things that we have confirmed by being out in the field over and over and over again, and we are big fans. And so we bring this to you because we know that it will make you money. That's the bottom line. He's sharing the story here of a grower who was having some problems. They were trying to figure out what the problem was. He couldn't get the, the cobs to fill out, and he started looking for a phosphate deficiency. But the problem was that they were low in boron. The first fellow I ever heard about using boron was a man in Illinois. According to the U of I extension, two pounds of boron will kill corn. This fellow used four pounds of actual boron to the acre, and if he couldn't get it on any other way, he would fly it on. Now, I'm not a dry broadcast fan. However, that being said, that's what he did. He said it made him more corn. When asked what the boron did for him, he said, well, it makes the cobs longer. It looked like the ears actually got longer because it had them fill all the way out to the end and put a kernel on the tip. Guys, this is one of the things that we can do to help against tip back.
because boron does make a difference in pollen and silk. You guys know that I spent a long time in seed corn production. And I've seen white silks that were 15, 16 inches long. Why? Because we either flamed the male too much and set it back and missed the nick. Or worse than that, we didn't flame it enough and it shed out before the silks emerged. But Mother Nature will try to reproduce. But you got to get that nick right and you have to have adequate boron and adequate silk in order to get the yields that you deserve. And boron plays a huge key role in that very thing. But for corn and soybeans and wheat, farmers rarely consider the boron requirement. If it happens to be the weakest link in your chain, you repair its shortfall, it can furnish quite an increase, as much as 5 to 30 pounds, depending on the crop, making boron an excellent example of the principle of hidden hunger for most field crops. Hear this next line really, really well. Using a soil test is the only safe approach for detection of such problems prior to planting a crop. Guys, this isn't hard. Go pull your soil test. I've talked about this. I'm going to hit it again. If your soil test doesn't have a boron reading, it probably means you need to make some changes. I think you guys know I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan, and oh, this was a hard year for me. Painful. And they need to make some changes. In my humble opinion, they haven't got rid of the people they really need to get rid of, but that's another story. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Let's leave it at that. But they got to make some changes. And sometimes in our farming operation, we got to make some changes. Maybe we don't have the right teammates. And if you're not getting a boron test, you've got the wrong teammate, okay? And it's time to find somebody that believes in that and will push that for you. And if you got to prove it to yourself, knock yourself out. Pull some tests, run them through us, and in one area, do some strips and watch what happens. Because we know the value of boron, and we know what it's gonna do for you and how it's gonna make you money. Boron increases nitrogen availability to the plant. It has several other functions, including a role in cell division, pollination, fruit set, and seed development. Everybody has come up with the same, same deal. Several PhDs have studied this. Boron carries the starch from the leaf to the grain or fruit. That's test weight. That's how we get 61 pound corn, 63 pound corn. And I know the guys that are hauling that really like it. That's a lot of fun for them. So when available boron runs out, production suffers. It also helps in the nodulation of legumes. Crops require a continuous supply of boron because once it's utilized in the plant, it has served its purpose and cannot be used again. It does not translocate. That's why multiple applications are so important. It says here, several applications through the season would be ideal where needed if possible. Considering soil in the soil that conditions in the soil that contribute to a boron deficiency are excessive potassium levels, excessive calcium levels, high pH soil, low organic matter, low moisture, and highly leached out soils. So guys, there are plenty of things, plenty of reasons to use this and plenty of things that cause it. The soil should have at least 0.8 parts per million boron for general cropping purposes. According to the testing procedures for boron levels, most soils run between 0.4 and 0.6, and this is not a new buck. We're seeing a lot more of them now between 0.1 and 0.4. They're just continuing to erode. Growers should strive to leave some room between what is termed as excellent and what is termed as maximum. Considering boron for most crops, the minimum, the minimum is 0.8. If the test has a reading above 0.8, then look at everything else before trying to do anything about changing the boron supply. If anything else is too deficient in that soil and boron isn't short, strive to take care of the other matters. In other words, one nutrient won't do it. 
excellent in terms of boron is anything above 1.5 parts per million. Excessive is anything over 2.0. I have never seen a test that was excessive in boron in 30 years. So a little something to keep in mind there just as we go do this. This was a term that was thrown around years ago, and most growers would use the terms borate and boron interchangeably, and that caused a lot of confusion. How much borate translates into two pounds of actual boron? Well, 15 pounds of sodium tetraborate supplies about two pounds of actual boron. That transfers to about 14%. When a recommendation is made for 15 pounds of a 14% solution, sodium tetraborate, that means you're actually needing about two pounds of actual boron. So guys, we got solubor, which is 21%. That's another option. Borax is 11. Guys, I'm just real blunt here. I love our boron product. I know the results that we get, and it's been compared with a lot of other products, and I invite you run the test. Compare some other items to ours and watch what happens. Check those sufficiency levels throughout the growing season. And here's the key. I want to thump this hard, 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 okay? Because if we don't have adequate boron throughout the growing season, we pay the price for it. And we can have it adequate up front and not be adequate at the end, and it's going to hurt us. And it's really important that we get that all the way through. This is the article. This was the one where you talked about the trace elements and getting enough. And guys, I am going to say that again throughout this growing season, you got to, or throughout this series, you got to know that because guys just throwing some zinc on, just throwing some boron on does not ensure you anything other than spending money. It's got to come from the test. We got to run a slow test. We got to do what it says. No more, no less. And when we do that, the results are good. Even if the use of commercial nitrogen is ceased, mycorrhiza will not come back. Guys, we have really hurt our mycorrhiza a lot. Our populations are way down. We've got companies that are coming to you and they're selling you mycorrhiza products. And make no mistake, you're probably going to get a yield increase out of them, okay? But my suggestion is there might be, consider that there might be a better way to spend your money, and it is this. Rather than just apply bugs, why don't we put on the boron that we know feeds the bugs? He says that mycorrhiza will not come back until boron has been increased to the toleration point. And once you get boron up where it's supposed to be, then you can bring back your mycorrhiza fungi. Guys, this is simple. Adequate boron means adequate mycorrhiza. Mycorrhiza bring phosphorus into the plant. They are your friend. And we love that mycorrhiza bacteria because we know it works. But most of all, what we know is if we do the right thing, we can do it. Again, I believe that some of the exciting things that are going to come out of the next 10 years, 15 years in American agriculture is the fact that we're going to talk about, figure out how important the different micronutrients are for all of the different microbes that are in the soil, that we're going to start linking those up. No different than they linked up boron with adequate mycorrhiza, and they did it 40 years ago. Guys, this isn't new, okay? but it's new to a lot of people. Let's talk about it. Let's fix it. Let's do the right thing. I appreciate you guys tuning in. It's always a pleasure to get to do these. We'll be jumping into day eight here and talking about copper very soon. And we look forward to doing that with you. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen to these. If you reach out to us, someone from the team will be in touch. Guys, I love Christmas. We enjoy what we do. I hope you guys are having a blessed holiday, getting ready here to get the family in together and, and do some things. Get out your best Christmas sweater and be happier. Hope you're having a better day. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.